Here's what's coming up on today's show. But everyone has gotten the same growing up financial assistance from mom and dad. So we get through that phase where we're still taking care of the kids and maybe one kid's not out of the house yet while the other one is. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome back into Complete Estate Planning. Glad to have you on the podcast today. I'm Ben George with Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner, owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester. And you can find them online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Today, Nick, we are talking about a good topic, I guess. It's uh, the Common Pot Trust, the fairest of them all, is it? Well, you know, when thinking about an inheritance, most families, they visualize individual shares. I think it's pretty common yeah. for each beneficiary, whether that's a dollar amount or a percentage of the overall state, however they decide those shares or however they value those shares. For families with children, they very often create equal shares for each child. Which sounds fair on the surface, right? But what would happen if there was a large age difference in the child or some other factors that can play into this? You know, there are things that can go wrong, right? So this is a, a, probably a topic that a lot of parents probably have thought about. Well, yes. And here's the thing. Um, I'm not saying equal shares to the children is wrong, and I'm not saying it can't work out, uh, but this this common pot trust or, or pot trust or a pool trust, something we'll talk about today, um, you know, is kind of a nice safety net uh, or a, you know, or an airbag, so to speak, you know, in case something happens, you know, kind of in the, you know, the perfectly wrong order at the perfectly wrong time. And we'll go through the scenarios on how you know, equal shares to all the kids uh, could theoretically go wrong, and then you know, it's kind of kind of what your what your seatbelt or what your protection options are for it. So, so we'll walk through that uh, today. Okay. Again, if you have questions, start by visiting CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, where you can always call 513-463-6789. All right, Nick. Well, let's start off. You know, equal shares seems pretty straightforward, right? Pretty black and white. You break break it up equally, however you want to determine those how those shares are valued. But it seems like it should be equal. Why is it not? Well, it can be equal, um, but you know the, the lawyer answer here, of course, is it depends. Okay, so let's say I have, you know, I have two kids, and when I pass away, the oldest one, uh, I'll, just, I'll just take my kids. So let's say the oldest one, uh, let's say Adam is twenty is 22 years old, just graduated college, and Colin is 19. So he's in his first year of college. And my wife and I die. And it says equal shares to the kids. Well, if you divide it in half, that inheritance check will be equal, but their overall, you know, what they have received and kind of financial support from the parents before receiving the inheritance could absolutely not be equal. Like, let's say we paid for college, okay? So let's say Adam has received four years of tuition, you know, payments from us. And let's say he goes to some expensive school. I don't know. 
Um, you know, maybe, geez, by the Ben, by the time our kids are in college, it'll be eight hundred thousand dollars a semester. Um, maybe so. I, I still hold out hope, Nick, that they somehow we we somehow figure out a solution to this the education system and and the the cost of higher education. Hopefully, something gets worked out. That's that's what I'm hoping for. That or a scholarship, either way. Well, you, you know, you get rid of student loans. Hmm. University of Dayton can't charge fifty grand a year to an eighteen-year-old if no one will loan an eighteen-year-old with no credit score fifty grand a year. Right. Yeah. It's really simple. Like I know when my parents were in school, tuition was a lot cheaper because you had to pay for it. Yeah. Right. And now it's hey, we we guaranteed you know loan money to people, and it's like I don't I don't know why the government's decided it should be a lender. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally who, different. Who's, yeah. Well, again, totally different topic, but, yeah. but there's your answer right there. It's right. just, you know, you know, let schools charge what they can actually get from their customers. I don't know a lot of 18 year olds who can shell out 50 grand a year, you know, waiting tables part time, you know, like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's your answer. But, but anyway. Um, assuming it doesn't get fixed, which I don't know why we would ever assume otherwise, you know, let's say I've given, let's say it's 50,000 a year. Okay. So I've paid for one year of Collins school. So we've paid 50,000, but I've paid for all four of Adams. So Adams gotten $200,000 from us to pay to the university and Collins only got 50. If we cut it in half right now, is that equal? Like the final inheritance? No. No. Yeah. Adam's gotten uh, Adam's gotten half of what's left plus a hundred and fifty thousand in extra money. Right. Okay. So again, now there's a timing thing here. Usually college is where this can start to go wrong. Or if you if you do, you know, private school, uh, that can be it as well. So, you know, the equal shares would cause Adam to receive a hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than Colin. You know, by getting the additional financial support that Colin hasn't received yet. Not because he did anything wrong. He's just three years younger. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, if we were still alive, we'd probably treat the kids equal, right? If I'm going to pay for college for one, you know, unless Colin's a real brat, I'm probably paying college for him too. <laughs> so, you know, my intentions, if I'm setting up this estate plan, would have been to treat them equal and treat them fair, but just split it in half no matter what happens, no matter what phase in life they are in, the minute we die, is, you know, there's a chance that that's not equal. Okay, so that's where that can go wrong. So what do you do about it? You could just say to heck with it, I don't care, you know, <laughs> and bad luck is bad luck. That's life. <laughs> well, right. And for that case, you just hope that when you pass away, all the children are out of the house and are done with whatever financial support you're giving them. Mm-hmm. You know, so if all the kids are in their 40s when you pass away, it's fine. Like, that's not a problem. One thing I've had people ask me about, which I don't love to do, would be unequal shares. Maybe I say uh, 60 40, you know, to kind of make up the difference. That's okay if I die tomorrow, but if I die three years from now, after I have given uh, both kids four years of tuition, well, then it's wrong again. You see, it's a moving target. Like, the actual amount of money I want to give to each kid changes every year. 
you know? Right. So that's really hard to do, uh, to kind of keep on that. So it's an unequal split, but as the kids age or they get through school, maybe it's 60-40, then it's 55-45, then 52-48. It's like you have to change it every year. Okay, so that's that's getting closer to the idea. I still think that's irresponsible, right? Because I'm, I'm writing an estate plan that I know next semester's already wrong, right? So, I mean, you know, I've had people ask about that. They have the right idea. They understand the potential disparity here. But the other way to do it, it's known as a common pot trust or a pot trust or a pool trust. Okay. So what you do is within your own, you know, trust that you and your wife set up, uh, it says that when we both die, all the money stays as one pot or one pool, at least for a period of time. We don't divide it into individual shares half and half right away. Okay, so it stays as one pile of money, and it can be used for, like, the, the needs, support, tuition, books, room and board, meal plans, etc., uh, for all the kids, okay, regardless of who's older, who's younger. And, of course, the goal of this is to mimic the financial support that the parents would have given to the kids if they were still alive. Okay? So, like, I could set up a common pot trust that says, you know, money's there available. It's one pool of money uh, can be used for my kids' medical, you know, basic needs, support, um, tuition, room and board, et cetera, et cetera, whatever I would have otherwise provided for them, okay? But it's one pile of money. It's not half here, half here. And usually you have an end date with that, okay? So the the pot or the pool will typically end when the youngest beneficiary, usually a child, either hits a certain age or a certain milestone, okay? So let's say when the youngest child graduates college, then the pool of money is over because then that's then we have completed right the financial support that I would have provided to the kids right okay or you know I sometimes I say don't put it at college graduation because what if one kid never graduates college or doesn't go to college so you got to be careful there because then they can be a freeloader forever so I typically bracket it with either an event like college graduation and or an age. So, you know, when the youngest kid hits age 23 or graduates college with a bachelor's degree, whichever comes first, that's a nice way to do it if you wanted to get them through undergrad. Okay, so that way every kid has been provided with the support that you would have provided had you stuck around. And then once the pot or the pool ends, the rest of the money then gets divided up into the normal shares, half and half or equal shares. And then from there, here's your money, here's your money. And they're equal shares at that point, but everyone has gotten the same growing up financial assistance from mom and dad. So we get through that phase where we're still taking care of the kids and maybe one kid's not out of the house yet while the other one is. Okay, so that's what you do. Um, that's the best way to do it, to pull it or keep everything as a pot of money until whatever age where you would have been quote-unquote empty nesters, I guess, or at least the kids would have been off the payroll. 
-hmm. So you can mimic that in your estate plan with this common pot trust, sometimes called a pot trust or a pool trust. Um, And you can set it up that way. So that way, if you pass away and the kids are still underage, that comes in to save the day. But obviously, if the kids are in their 50s or 60s, you just give them the the equal shares because everyone's out of the house. Okay, does that does that make sense? It basically allows a, a parachute for you if you die, you know, at a very kind of awkward and inconvenient, you know, stage for the kids as they grow. Yeah, yeah, seems like a pretty practical solution uh, in a lot of ways. Or you can just say, "Hey, kids, life's not fair. You get what you get, and uh, <laughs> that's it." But I like this common pot trust. <laughs> Maybe you should just write in the trust. You know, life's, you know, if one of the kids has not yet graduated college, life's not fair too bad. Like yeah. we should, we should, we should write that in the document itself. You can add that, right? There's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. There's nothing illegal about it. That's it doesn't funny. seem very nice. Um, <laughs> I guess it depends if the kids have a sense of humor. Yeah, right. That's great. All right. So again, it could be a solution for you. uh, Something you want to talk about with Nick, you can always do so by calling 513-463-6789 or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can schedule a call with Nick. Just click on that button right there on the front of the site. Boom. You'll get on this calendar and you can start that process as well. And Nick, for anybody that does that and, and click schedule the call, what's that first step? What do they need to do from that point? Okay. So what they'll do is it'll, it'll go to a little online kind of fancy calendar schedule thing. I'm not the biggest tech guy in the world, but I, I'm actually really kind of proud of myself for having set that up. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it'll link to options directly on my schedule that are available. You put in your information, your name, uh, the phone number for me to call you at, and there's a place for you to put notes uh, on you know what your questions are or what you want to talk about. Uh, that's super helpful for me because then as I'm preparing the file, preparing for a call, you know, I can sit there and say, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. So I can be most prepared. And then we'll talk, go over questions, and then see and see what we want to do from there. So a uh, fantastic way to do it. And then also, um, if uh, if you have uh, questions, again, that's our website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. If you're, uh, if you're here uh, near us, 513-463-6789, 513-463-6789, uh, feel free uh, to give us a call as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of Complete Estate Planning. If you have questions for us, uh, reach out to Nick. If you want to hear us cover a specific topic as well on the podcast, let Nick know, and we'll be happy to work it into our schedule. And uh, for Nick Rosenbauer over at the Rosenbauer Law Office, I am Ben George. Have a good week. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com.
This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.